Hey, what's going on, good people? This is your co-host, Donald, here. And this is the second half of our New Year get-to-know-us banter. Uh, so enjoy. This is a lot of fun. And if you're just listening to this as your first episode, I would suggest you go check out some of our earlier episodes about the real deal information. But if you're just hopping in like, yo, I want to get to know y'all and hear the shit y'all talking, you can start here. Like, you don't miss nothing by not listening to the first part. So... Uh, love to have you. Have fun. Yo, honestly, if y'all have been with us and listening to each episode, and if you found your way and listening to this episode and you made it here, we needed this. <laughs> we touched on this a little bit earlier, but honestly, like Donald and I, because we have to talk about such like dark shit um you and I usually touch base once a week via phone or like some way and we catch up really you're catching up you're telling me what's going on I don't really ever have news to share um should I told you today yo <laughs> you told me a few, a few things today I can't even be overly specific because I don't know if they be listening but if what goes down goes down Um, i need to have a real conversation with myself yo yeah i won't blow your spot up but i will say um, (laughs) donald (laughs) i don't want to say you're out here you're not out here definitely not out here i will say this i feel like there were maybe three years i think when you the last three (laughs) I think around the time you got, uh, it wasn't while you were in Texas. Oh, it was definitely when I, I moved back. I think when you moved back, there was just this point of time where I'm like, Donald is very focused on all these other things. And you were dating people here and there, but I feel like you were so focused on other aspects of your life that the dating was very much second. Oh, that's definitely all, all that. college. That was all of undergrad and grad yeah. school. Yeah. Um, and it was different. It wasn't like, it was just different. Like you were just very focused on on what you needed to do. And women were kind of, not that you were giving them a stiff arm. It just like wasn't something really high on your to-do list. Well, friends with benefits um, were the greatest thing ever during that era. Yeah, we have lots of questions about, we're not going to do that. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe some of that was me just being genuinely, like, I have a thing with me. And this this is my pride and this is my ego. I'll share this with you. I don't date or I don't even talk to niggas that are really taller than me because- Wait, what? Yeah, I don't- Say that again for all the other women listening to the show. I so I should also preface this though I'm like five seven maybe five eight on a good day (laughs) right I don't really talk to men that are much taller than me about six one is about probably as tall as I'm like that ain't what you said the first time yo I said what you said the first time I said I don't talk to niggas that are taller than me I mean you wrote that one but I'm five seven, so I have to give a six one. It's like where <laughs> I'm not like a five foot woman that's like, oh, I only talk to niggas that are five three. No, no. <laughs> 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 I'm 
but that's because I'm not trying to look up to you every time I'm having a conversation with you while we're standing up. I'm not looking up to you like that. No, we can meet eye to eye and that's just what that is. So that's me. That's a me thing, right? Um, you completely separate. I'm not, I didn't even bring in the height to talk about you. I just, I've always felt like, well, the last few years I felt like Donald, does he want to date anyone? Is he even really interested? And he might not be. I think he's actually really, 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 really focused on his business shit. And I think you got your gym up and off the ground and you've been doing so well. I'm not going to put your your pockets out there, but you did a low-key stunt for me earlier <laughs> about how much money you brought in this year. Shout out to you. That's like, you should be very proud and happy. Like, that's an accomplishment. And you did that. Um and I think that over the last year, you've been able to just maybe allocate a bit more time to women, maybe just a smidge. And, you know, you're using these holidays uh, to see the world, <laughs> to go places, and you're not doing it alone. And I think that's great. <laughs> And you can read through that, listeners. You could catch a catch a vibe or catch the hint of what I'm trying to say, or not. No big deal. <laughs> oh man, um, you know, <laughs> you just hit a point, right? where everybody feels differently about relationships and dating and families and you know there are some people on one end of the spectrum who just really thrive on being alone and there are these people on the far other side of the spectrum who seem to always need somebody around and I think on the on the end of people who always need somebody around, they probably catch more uh, butt ends of jokes because it's like, yo, bro, like you always need somebody around. But I'm hitting this point where, you know, as I'm, I'm getting older, like I just know what I want. So when I was in college, I mean, I knew what I wanted when I was in college. Like I, when I was in, you know, back in undergrad and grad school, I always said like, oh, I'm gonna have kids between 28 and 32. Like that's the sweet spot. I had no intention at the age of 17, I had zero intentions to have kids before 28. Like it wasn't gonna happen. I did some risky things when I was in high school uh, and I cleaned up most of those things by the time I got to college. But, you know, I was pretty set on that. And like, I still, I'm not gonna lie. I don't fully understand how people just be accidentally having kids, but we're not gonna go there. But I was very adamant from about like 19 on, like, yo, I'm not about to have a kid. And I didn't want to do the whole, oh, like, we have a kid together, but we're not together thing. Like, if we have a kid together and we're not together, we're probably divorced because I'm just not about to do that. That just sounds complicated. And I don't like complication in my life. But I hit this point about like 25 where it was like, all right, my sweet spot to start popping these kids out or having somebody pop these kids out was like 28. So I should probably start working on this. And it's weird, like, just at like a hormone genetic, again, genetic level, how people are predispositioned to be a certain way. 
Like, you know, I don't know your childhood very well, but there's some part, some, ooh, excuse me, something tells me you've, no matter who raised you, you would have had a certain predisposition to not be pressed about always having somebody around, um, no matter who raised you. <laughs> and, you know, there's some people who are the other way around. And so for me, I was, I was kind of like heavy set as a teenager, like, yo, 28 to 32 is my sweet spot. And as I'm getting closer to that range, I know I do not want to be rearing my first teenager in my fifties. Like I have no desire to do that. Like if I'm 32 and I'm not in a serious relationship, I'm adopting. Like I'm that, I'm that serious. <laughs> Cause I do want to have a kid. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have personal, I can share that shit. Um, my, I don't come from the, you know, I come from broken families, right? Mm -hmm. My mother, I was in foster care at the age of 13, me and her are still Hold mending. on, hold on, I'm sorry, side note. Yes. I found the fucking needle. Oh my God. And it just stabbed me. And it stabbed you? Because it was caught on a napkin that I just grabbed. So I, before we were recording, I was embroidering something and I like picked up the, the fabric that I had been embroidering and moved it so I could put the computer and the mic on the tape like in front of me and lost the needle <laughs> and I told Donald I'm gonna find this needle the hard way later <laughs> and you did and I did it didn't it, it did pierce my skin but just like the top bit and so I'm okay it didn't like go too deeply so oh my god you really stabbed yourself I do a lot of goofy <laughs> shit but I don't stab myself <laughs> so but yeah I wasn't you know I was in foster care as a kid and I got around my dad more as a teenager. I'm not going to make this all soft and sappy, but like my mom was raised by her grandmother. Um, her dad passed when she was young as well. So it might be a lot, but whatever. Um, I'm actually named after him. It was really weird. So my grandmother passed a few weeks ago and my aunt had my granddad's death certificate and I'm named exactly after him. Now it was kind of weird. It was to read a death certificate with my exact name on it. Kind of yeah. strange. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it. So, what's your you name? William. William. I think yes, I, I have that. the most British name possible. Donald William Robinson. It's the most British name. My first name's Scottish. It mean, but it means Domnall, ruler. And so, you know, I like that. Is part. Robinson English? Uh, I think Robin or, is. Or is Robin? I think and Robin is after the Robin son. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where like somebody who was a servant or a slave of somebody named Robin was that like there are um, Anglo surnames or like that to where if you served for a certain type of like master or like feudal person, you carried that name. Not yeah. totally sure on that, but like there's there's something true about that. The specifics, maybe not. Yeah, the, and there's, I don't know if you've ever seen these memes about like... I ain't never met a white a white person with the last name Washington or Jefferson, but I know about five niggas, like five. Damn, damn yo, fancy. that's some shit. <laughs> hey, bro, we about to make an episode about that. I've never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> For real, like, oh, that's wild. Crazy. Oh my god, let me yeah. come back to that. Let me finish this point out. So, <laughs> my ambition is to basically raise an adult that respects and likes me as their parent when they're like 25 because that is something that's not a heavy feature in my life it is not a 
heavy feature in my parents' life either. So like, I want that to be a thing. Um, I used I, to tell Savannah, I want my daughter to be like, kind of like her to some extent. No, Donna oh said that so many times to me. And honestly, it's like, it's, it's probably one of the best compliments that I've ever received because like telling, being, telling someone that you want their daughter to be like you is like, yo, this, this thing, like this being that I plan to create, my offspring, I hope to be like you. Like, that's wild. That's actually a really wild compliment. And I guess that like says a lot about me and what I am in your eye, like how you just like envision me, which is crazy. Cause I only envision me like through my own eyes and everyone else has a different interpretation. And that is, it's one of the best compliments I've ever received, TBH. So whenever you do have this, this child, if you don't name them Savannah, um, <laughs> Uh, oh my god you can name them whatever hey, you Savannah, want get down here. I'm about to beat your ass you can't about <laughs> yes I will be the parent when my kids like eight and they're acting a fool and my stoicness does not get through to them they will meet the leather belts you have to listen my mom beat my brother and I and it was she was always very clear it was like y'all she didn't say this I'm paraphrasing y'all niggas are acting wild you're fighting each other <laughs> you're just doing all types of wild shit you need to be beat and I think honestly the last time my mom like beat me I was like 12 because she just I think in the moment like I was laughing because she never really tried to hurt us and she beat us like she beat my brother and I, we did something. And, and I remember laughing and trying to pretend like I was crying because I didn't want her to get more upset. And I, Aaron did the same thing because we talked about it after. And that was the last time that she beat us because I think she knew, okay, this is done. And I'm not going to start getting violent with them. Like I'm not about to start punching them. So we have to find another way to, uh, what's that word? Reprimand. But when you're young, sometimes you need to just get touched for a few seconds to realize, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I'm not opposed to whipping. Don't take your frustration out of, of your work day on your child. Oh, now that's <laughs> you know? fucked up. Like, that's, that's different. And I also am like, don't punch your kids in the face. Like, that's crazy. But yeah, if you wow. want to beat them, beat them is even sound. If you want to give them a few pats across the butt with a belt or your hand like, or a switch for old time's sake you know you, switch, have, you might yo. have to do that i never got beat with a switch my mom used to always talk about getting beat with a switch my mom would say she had to go outside go find her own stick to get beat yeah with. and if it was too small she was gonna get beat even more so she had to find a good oh, one too and um yeah. you know maybe i'll do that like the butt's a safe place it's padding it doesn't really <laughs> bruise it's not a whole lot of nerves yeah. there so it's not like you feel the whole thing no one should yeah. ever see it um right. and You'll like also the face is out of the way the face is out of the yeah. way so yeah um i think when there's a certain age where like when you get to like 10 11 12 where mm -hmm. the emotional ramifications of punishment really can take hold but when you're like seven yeah. i feel like you don't care you need don't do physical the thing. You reinforcement need to, 
there are people, there are adults who I feel strongly about this. There are some adults who you can need tell violence to be reprimanded. Like you cannot oh. put them in jail. You cannot torture oh. them. I mean, you can, but it's just excess. If you just beat the shit out of them, they will learn a lesson. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant there are certain adults you can tell they were just never beat as a child. Like they Oh, never- that too. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that's a fact. Um, it's not like- I am not anti-violence. I just don't think violence solves most problems, but yeah, there are problems that violence solves. That's a fact. Um, I'm thinking about signing for kickboxing classes. I just have to find like a, a kickbox instructor <laughs> that's around me. Um, and that's mainly because, you know, I've never really fought anyone. I fought like one, my brother and I used to fight all the time. And I think I may have told the story on this podcast the last yes. time we fought. <laughs> um, he knocked the wind out of me and you know, my word. <laughs> I used to terrorize my brother and that's probably what I deserved but I knew right then and I knew right then in that moment oh I don't need to be fighting men because (laughs) I ain't signed up for all this and that was really the last altercation like physical altercation I was ever in um and I just think that you know if the world goes topsy-turvy I need to be able to physically defend myself and so kickboxing might be the way to go and oh two things one we were originally going to do a health episode tonight and I was looking up like obesity because obesity is like one of the leading causes to a bunch of shit um you can go on to damn what is that shit called I think I kept it up let me see the national there, there's like a website, the National Health something, where you can put in your height and your body weight, and it'll tell you if you're overweight or not. If you're oh overweight God, or overweight. I hate BMIs. Those are so terrible. The BMIs, yeah. And I did my BMI today, and I'm like. Throw that shit in the trash, yo, please. Whose body, whose body are they counting? Because this is telling, it told me that I was overweight. And I'm like, I know I'm not as skinny as I was. And I'm bigger, like I'm bigger. But am I fat? I don't think that I'm fat. Could I tell no. a bit? Sure. But am I am I overweight? Whose body are you actually looking at when you are figuring out these BMIs? You're like I'm. So I put five seven and I weigh like one seventy five, and I'm my I yeah I was overweight. Whatever. That's what the BMI thing did. What size am I supposed to be <laughs> to not be overweight by this BMI thing then? That's, it's kind of crazy. I'm going to leave the inappropriate joke to the side, but what I will what was say- the No, don't leave the inappropriate jokes to the side. Were you going to call me fat? No, you oh. just put weight on in a certain area of these last couple of years that I'm pretty sure accounts for most of that. I was going to say, are they not including like ass and titties in this BMI count? Because- well, going to go there. Not- Savannah has put on an ass in the last like four (laughs) years that just did not exist while we were in college. Yeah, when I came back from Puerto Rico and I was like, bro, what the (laughs) fuck is that behind you? 
I saw my homegirl like not too long ago. She was like, huh. <laughs> well, really, when I saw it was like when I got back from Puerto Rico, it wasn't originally when I got back from Puerto Rico, or maybe it was, I just hadn't noticed. There was like from 25 to maybe 27, I would see people and because I had been in Puerto Rico, so it had been a minute, and I was like getting a lot of, huh, what have you been eating? What have you been doing? <laughs> What's been going on? <laughs> Share. Like, I don't know, girl. I thought I was just going to get fat, but my dad, the women of my dad's family are super thick, like super thick, super big titties. I didn't get blessed with that, but like very like voluptuous and so I think about this BMI and I'm like whose body are you taking into account by saying that I'm overweight because I don't think I'm overweight but this thing is telling me I'm overweight yeah BMIs are terrible the all right coach Donald's about to come out now it's sobering me up god damn it um no maybe we should get something more fun I'm kidding um (laughs) so BMI is a terrible way to judge that the best thing that you can do is get an actual body fat percentage measurement. You can do that with skin folds or also handheld um, bioelectrical scans that you can do. There's also like bioelectrical scales you can stand on if you go to the right places, but skin fold techniques are really accurate. Um, if then you get pinched in like seven places, the, the good ones pinch you, I think it's like seven places. And so that is the most accurate way to be able to measure that just because the percent of body fat on you has a much higher, uh, it just tells you more about where your body is, right? There's better metrics for if you are 30% body fat or 40% body fat or like 15% body fat, right? Like when it comes to athletically fit women, being under 20% is good, but being under 13% is probably unhealthy because there are certain parts of your body that genetically you need fat on. Oh yeah, yo, if we're like gonna just be completely transparent, I did not have a consistent like monthly period probably until I was like 20 because I was so underweight. Mm. Thank God I wasn't having sex at that age or I would have been stressed out all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> gonna come on, oh I don't gosh. know, I'm pregnant, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> Honestly, I would, I would like maybe have like some spotting like every three or four like I would maybe have like a two or three day period for like uh and there would be months in between where it was just like absolutely nothing but it was because I was I was severely underweight for most of I don't see most of college towards the end I probably I was coming around to just being oh my god food look (laughs) I was eating and I had started like smoking weed to be honest which helped but um I like in high school and probably the first like two years of college I weighed under 120 pounds and I've really yeah Yeah, I was 100 I was 105 pounds when I graduated college bro you gained 70 pounds yeah and when I say bro you gained 70 pounds like if you looked at Savannah you'd be like how did you possibly not have 70 pounds because she was the same height and you still have a lean look that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't, I'm not fat. More like slim thick. I wouldn't say like athletically lean, but like slim thick. Yeah, no, I'm not athletically lean. That's a fact. I'm trying to be a bit more athletic, 
But honestly, one of the reasons why I don't really work out is because I'm afraid of being that skinny again. Like I look back at those pictures and I'm like, yo, why didn't someone really force, like, why wasn't someone more concerned? About <laughs> well, people were trying to take face a bit off. Plus, we didn't know what was up anyway. We was 20 years old. That's, um, I mean, that's, that's true. So I think just to kind of wrap that point up, working out, I mean, you're, you're, how much you're eating still has a big control over where your weight goes. So mm-hmm. if you work out seven days a week, yeah, you might lose too much weight if you don't eat enough. But if you work out four days a week, five days a week, like you're good, especially if you eat enough, like how many calories you bring it in means a lot. So don't be deterred yeah. from that. Also, if you really care about defending yourself, I would suggest you get into jujitsu kickboxing you're not gonna kick nobody's ass doing <laughs> no the, the thing with get kick, them on the ground and then you the can thing with, them out the thing with kickboxing is it's like a full body thing uh, do you don't think jujitsu is no jujitsu jujitsu absolutely is i never was interested in doing jujitsu but i thought about learning how to do aikido you know aikido yes I did that it, like a couple of times. Me and Tyree did that. It was this guy that lived down the street from me. We taught that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Colvin, our logic professor, um, he was very into like Asian philosophy. And we did a whole segment on like some Japanese stuff. And one of the things that we talked about was Aikido and how it is a, it's not, um, defensive it's very you're moving with so even if someone is attacking you in the fighting you're going with that body energy and you're using it almost against them Mm -hmm. and there were a few things that we learned a few like basic moves that we learned like if someone comes up behind you and is trying to like grab you instead of fighting with them you go with their energy and you like roll over and you can like get them in a defensive position by using their own body and their own energy things like that so if i ever decided to do like martial arts it would probably first be aikido and then i would go from there but the kickboxing thing i think is just like high energy it's full body and there's like a kickboxing studio there's a few kickboxing studios not a far not far away from my apartment that's really what was propelling the kickboxing idea get fit do kickboxing and then go take jujitsu um <laughs> because if a grown man rolls up on you grown man's probably gonna be like five nine a buck eighty mm-hmm. you 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 get fit you pull a stunt on them and you fucking put them in a leg lock and a headlock you're gonna get this call auntie out you know we say like you gotta call uncle they're gonna be like auntie, okay because low key low key you know have you ever seen kill bill i have you know what people you're gonna judge me too i've never <gasps> watched kill bill yes let the judgment rain let the judgment rain wait Come on. Never neither, seen one or two. neither one you've or never two. seen that let it rain come on judge me now donald fucking william robinson damn all that <laughs> You have never watched Kill Bill? Yo. Okay. I feel like the next time you come here, I need to get a TV. (laughs) And we need to watch Kill Bill. Between the two of us, we own zero TVs. (laughs) 
<laughs> between the two of us, me and Z. One of my friends stayed here earlier in the year and she like watches the apartment. She got comfortable. She put her shit down. And then I was in the corner of the living room and I see her like scanning the room. And I was like, no, there's not one in here. And she was <laughs> like, wait. And I was like, yeah, a TV? No, girl, I don't have one. <laughs> Because I see her, like, looking, like, she's sitting down, <laughs> looking, and then she's really, like, wait. <laughs> and I'm, like, no, baby, there's not one here. Sorry. <laughs> I entertain myself another way. <laughs> yeah, I'll be one of my nephews. So I have a third, I have a fifth. This nigga's going to be 16 in February. Oh, my God. Damn. I have a 15-year-old nephew. And he'd be at like my sister's house just playing his game on the internet. And I'd be wanting to invite him over. Like he's somebody I really want to pour into and mold. Uh, he's one of those kids that is personality types. He's a, per- he's a very moldable personality type. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, and I need to be around him more and he's probably never going to listen to this. So my sister probably does not listen to this either. Somebody's just put this out there. Okay. Savannah, you don't need to write it down. I know right almost an hour and a half. Okay, we're. So, <laughs> I see you with the yellow fucking card. We're gonna wrap this up pretty soon, y'all. Um, so neither one of them listened to this, so I'm gonna just put this on the air. My nephew has these NFL dreams, and I don't think he's gonna make it. He is smaller than me, and I'm not a big person. Um, my nephew, I'm five five on a good day, about a buck forty. So not the biggest human being you see. My nephew is smaller than me. He cannot beat me in a 50 meter race, <laughs> a 100 meter race, a quarter mile, or a mile. You can't I'm beat me laughing, underneath. I'm not laughing at your nephew. I'm just laughing at the way that you're reciting. This is funny to me. He might be able to out jump me, but for real, for real, I don't think so. He's definitely a better <laughs> basketball player than me. And at those, you know, that physical ability, I'm, I ran college track, but I was no star, right? Mm-hmm. I ran Division II college track and was mediocre at best. And I'm still faster than most human beings that I'll come across. He can't beat me. My cross-country kids beat him in foot races. Now, my cross-country kids are like state-level and national-level runners. So they're not to be slept on. But these niggas run 5Ks, not 100-meter dashes. I want to talk to you about this on the health episode we were going to shoot. Because one of the things that I found was a high percentage of black kids specifically black boys that play like um football and basketball there is a high percentage of black people that use that play sports because they think it will either get them a scholarship or they can go pro i can make a whole episode on that and they do not play the sport for the sake of the sport whether it's them whether it's their parents and like if you succeed, you can get a scholarship, you can go pro or a coach. Oh, if you keep doing this, you can get a scholarship, you can go pro. But black kids are like, that's one of the main factors and motivators. And it's always, football apparently is also the cheapest sport to play because almost always they provide all the equipment. You might have to pay for registration and some other things, but even if you're doing it, um for children when there's not like there's not like a a, an elementary football league right there's peewees but that is outside of like the school and it's relatively cheap um peewee is expensive well but it's it's i shouldn't say relatively cheap it's cheaper than other sports like funny because soccer all you need is a fucking ball and a couple nets 
football, you need pads and shit. Soccer is a cheaper sport, technically, but football, I think, costs more because it's not travel-based. But I think the thing with soccer is soccer isn't available in inner cities where, like, like football, like, inner city football peewee things are more available. Um, Soccer, even though, yeah, you might just need, like, uh, cleats and uh, a soccer ball, which they could provide soccer is this is my hot take and maybe this is how we can close out this is my hot take when soccer is available to inner city schools the way that basketball and football is america's soccer league will then really 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 be on par with all these other other countries where the world cup is major America always gets kicked out relatively early for the talent that they have. But, but I think it's because the people that in this country that are naturally would dominate soccer, soccer is not provided to them. And we can say a lot of shit, but like white people maybe invented football and basketball. And you see where it took off once the blacks entered. <laughs> And baseball as well. We see where it has gone once you once you let other people in the field. And I think the same thing is going to happen with soccer, but it has to happen earlier. Like once Black kids are able to start playing soccer at an earlier age, I think soccer is going to become a bigger American sport and they will dominate on the global arena. Like we will actually be a force to be reckoned with. So... I agree with that, but I don't think that'll ever happen. And there's two really? reasons. There's one really main reason why soccer doesn't make any money here. People, the American, the general American public doesn't value soccer. Like, but I think no that's one, why. So, so that, that is why. And I know I'm saying that's why. And until the general public values soccer higher, I don't think that's going to happen because think about it no. like this. Soccer no. is not we're a D1 saying, sport at most schools. No, we're but we're saying, saying the same thing. Oh. If they implement oh, yes, yes, yes. soccer into like junior highs and high schools, the way they do with basketball and football. Yes, I agree with that. There will be more talented Black kids that you will not be able to deny them scholarships. Yes. And so then the soccer teams will be bigger. People will actually want to start coming to those games and the sport will become more popular. So then more and more people will want to play. The professional league will be able to draft more people that have been playing for longer and have more skill. And so that on the national level, like the professional level, it will get bigger. And then that will force even more, not force, but it'll push even more kids to start playing soccer at an earlier age. Mm -hmm. And that is how soccer will become bigger in this country, I think. I I, So I agree with you on the premise of getting more Black kids into it will help the sport just be more talented. Um, You know, all those NFL players that could have just been soccer players, like with that level of talent, it would be incredible. My thing is, let's say most of America is not very cultured in that sense right and you know people who like soccer i'm going to go out on a limb and say are more cultured than people who don't 
And when I say cultured, I really mean they've dealt with multiracial people. They have more international experience. They've been exposed to it. They've been exposed. And so let's say that a lot of America, especially think about like middle America, working class America, are not exposed to that. So soccer is not something that they value coming of age. It's not something that they value in 30 and 40. And these are the people that are spending all this time watching football and basketball. Most of the people I know that watch soccer for fun have been to another country, Um, almost all of them. So so hold on, let me finish this. So because the general American person Mm -hmm. doesn't value soccer, schools don't fund it. Most division one colleges, tier one universities, do not have scholarship-backed soccer programs. Most kids who want to go to a school like Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan, something like that, if they play soccer, they play on a club team because the university doesn't even have a soccer team in the way that they have a basketball team. So the universities are not putting money behind it to even give a scholarship. And so then kids are not going to do it. So I think it has to somehow get into the American culture. You all you were doing is arguing against what I was saying, but really it only Oh, I agree with your main point. But, I'm just saying but, why I don't know I don't think it's gonna you, happen at but, all. But what you were arguing and why you don't think it's important, I think only so I don't that I don't think it's important. What I was saying, like yeah, the average person might not be going out of their way to watch soccer and people that watch soccer, people oh. that like maybe have traveled abroad or people that are more uh worldly and shit. But that's because soccer is not introduced at a young age, mm. right? Soccer, soccer has traditionally, I think, been um, this very white sport that we look at in the U.S. or like internationally. But once you get it into these other places, it is going to force. If you have a bunch of a bunch of kids in the inner city now playing soccer and they're dominating, right? And they're killing the game and they're going off and they're playing. Um, they might be playing the best white team that has had a, a soccer team for the last 10 years, whatever. You then teach some inner city, like some some black kids how to play soccer. And I'm not saying uh, this might be a hot take. <laughs> we are, black people do tend to be athletically gifted, right? And white people are athletically gifted as well. But damn, how do we They didn't have to work fields. They weren't genetically engineered to be more athletic. Uh, Yeah, we're getting into something. Slaves that could not do good quality work were weeded out. Most of the survivors are athletic. That, yo, you know, that's a fact. Y'all did this. So if you're upset, it's your fault. <laughs> White people are the reason Black people are more athletic. You wanted, you needed people that were physically strong to do all this back-breaking fucking work. And it's full circle. We all, it all comes back to slavery. <laughs> Y'all try to run from it. You can't run from anything in this country. The reason why soccer isn't succeeding <laughs> in this country is because it's not reached the Black schools, honestly. If soccer were a working class but, sport, if you can get working class parents to value soccer, things would change. It's not about, but it's, yes. The parents dictate getting, what kids Getting what, them what to the value it. Especially and, if it depends and, on the scholarship and, and they have a lot of athletic talent. Right. And the things that you were saying earlier about soccer, I think it still comes down to the fact that it's not, 
introduce that at an early age. That's why people don't value it. But if you start bringing in, like my high school, my junior high and my elementary school, we didn't have soccer available to us. There was a city soccer league and there were township schools that had soccer, but you had to pay extra money. Mm. The thing that I was, that I brought up about uh, the football shit, about like kids, black kids specifically going into sports where they, they're being, uh, so black kids get into all different sports, but the, the time that they spend in them tends to be quite short like three years, a little bit under. However, if you're talented and if it can produce something in the long run, whether it be professional, like you can be a professional athlete or you can get scholarships from it, the parents and and the school kind of help you along in building your skill, right? And it's not for, like people aren't necessarily playing a sport just for the, sh- the shit of it. They're not just doing it because it's fun. It's like for a purpose, right? And I don't want to look at sports like that in general, but I, I really think all the all the things that you pointed out is it people not caring about soccer or like money, money not being funneled by it. It's because America only does but so well in the large scale, right? When America got into the playoffs, whenever the last World Cup was, people, Americans have been talking more and more about soccer. And America has been getting farther and farther. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, once Black people really infiltrate that, it'll completely change. People will want to actually watch it because the games won't be so boring. Because honestly, for keeping it a buck, Soccer doesn't stop. Football is so annoying because it's stop. There's a stop and the start, the stop and the start. If you watched a good soccer game and that shit is going for 90 minutes, you are intrigued. So if you get people, if you get some blacks on the field <laughs> and you up the, the stage and there's what you say? So the what talented you, ones. <laughs> the talented ones the game is going to be more interesting to watch. So more people, especially if it's soccer is not, is in like an off season, right? Like the, the soccer season is in the off season to basketball the, and football. The real, the real soccer season is the fall. Although, you know, you get those kids that play year round, but the real soccer season is a fall sport. Okay, I don't know when the, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's off, it's, it's, a, it's off season or just starting off season. Damn, we're about to touch two hours. And oh, I don't we're know. about to wrap this up. I think this is our last point. But yeah. I do want to say... And, and no, that so, was it. That um, was it. I just wanted to point out that like... I, I believe you. I, I okay. believe you. Like, <laughs> I, and it's not even that I'm arguing against you. It's just my thought of what will actually develop is that's what I'm more speaking to versus that I don't think any of that will happen. I think a couple of the obstacles... Because I do believe that if you get more of these kids who have like that pro level, they're just genetically encoded to be geniuses at movement. And there was something I read and I wanna challenge all of you when you look at kids and their level of genius and smartness to change how you view it a little bit. People who are genetically gifted to be great athletes are their own level of genius because they can move their bodies in a way that you cannot. 
that it's its own level of genius. Just like some people can think in a way that you cannot. Some people can draw in a way that you cannot. Some people can empathize in a way that you cannot. Some people can move in a way that you cannot. So respect mm -hmm. that. That said, getting those type of kids introduced to soccer will tremendously boost the sport. Imagine, you know, for those of you who like football, somebody like LaShawn McCoy or Antonio Brown or Cameron mm -hmm. Newton playing soccer like yeah. Wes Welker playing soccer, that would be amazing. Somebody who had the uh, intelligent IQ of Tom Brady playing soccer, that would be crazy. But when you think about a lot of these people who are professional athletes, they come from these working class families and they get ushered into these sports. You get your Derrick Rose, imagine Derrick Rose playing soccer, LeBron James playing soccer. They get ushered into that because their parents know that that sport is their ticket. Like it's almost like if you get born with that level of talent, now your talent is your existential, it's an existential risk of what sports you play because you have a ticket to not be poor anymore. And when you think about that aspect, that's why I think soccer will fail if working class America doesn't value it. And the women's soccer has exploded the soccer scene here, soccer scene here. They have done tremendously well so women's soccer actually does have scholarships at a university level that men's soccer doesn't. For mm -hmm. that same reason, women have crushed the scene internationally here in the US and men have not. And uh, I think it's also just respect to what sports are available. They don't have women's football to drain all their talent. And whereas we have the NFL that drains all our talent and hopes and dreams. Um, so that's my thought on that when men's and soccer should not be trying to play football <laughs> yeah some of them should not be trying to play football and i want to close my point out with shout out to ultimate frisbee that's my sport that mm -hmm. is the shit savannah you were talking about soccer is constant football's non is always start and stop ultimate frisbee is soccer at a faster pace it's like basketball on a soccer field it's a sport that i encourage all of you listening to check out because it's so much fun. You play, it's constant movement. So check out Ultimate Frisbee. Shout out to all the Black people that are going to get an Ultimate because it requires athleticism, skill, stamina. It requires the whole nines. Like it's the best Donald's sport ever. Donald is doing a lot. Um, <laughs> if you're like me, you're thinking, wait, we were talking about soccer and you had a lot of shit to say. And then you threw out Ultimate Frisbee. No, that's the best sport. <laughs> Niggas need to know about Ultimate Frisbee. That is the yo, shit. Yo, you're not going to come at soccer and, and saying like, oh, people won't see the value in it. And then try to recruit people from Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just not how it's going to happen. <laughs> hey, a little secret about me. So I play on a professional Ultimate Frisbee team. And it's professional because I can at least get my lunch paid for from a game. <laughs> you can kind of check it's enough to cover lunch for the week yeah shout out to the pittsburgh thunderbirds like that's the shit. So... you have to be fast you gotta be able to jump high you have and football you don't need to know all the skills to play football like in soccer you need to know all the skills in basketball you mostly need to know all the skills and ultimate frisbee you can't be on the field at an elite level and not know how to do everything you can't even I mean... if you're a great athlete i can't but... say from experience you know i was the student athletic trainer for a football team for two years. And when I tell you, I still don't know how, I have no idea what the niggas be out in that field doing. Well, <laughs> like, if you play safety or corner, like let's say you've like linebacker, know. right? 
you have to just be really athletic and aggressive and know where to go and hit people really well. You don't need to know how to throw a ball. You don't need to know how to catch a ball. All you need to know how to do is tackle and shed blocks. If you're a wide receiver, all you need to know how to do a little movement and catch the ball. I mean, there's a lot of reading of the field you have to do, but in ultimate frisbee, you got to do all of that. All right, I'm off. I'm off the bag. I'm off the bag. I was gonna say I'm not gonna downplay like whatever them niggas on the football field do because I have no idea. Like I oh, this didn't require us talent. Group sports, not for me. <laughs> you want to come run? No. Um, <laughs> Donald's been trying to get me to come run and do these physical. No, no. <laughs> I'm a, hey, hey, if, if anybody from BRO Baltimore is listening, one day I'm going to get Savannah to come out and do a run with us. You're going to put her in the roots group, get her to do the two and a half miles, give her like 40 minutes to do it, and like, let's roll with it. I'm just all the way okay on that. You know, it's like running for what? <laughs> Like, I'm just going to do that on my downtime? Nigga, why? <laughs> yo, the runner's high is real, yo. I bet. And honestly, like, part of me feels like I could enjoy it. Like, I could... Can I say this on the mic? You, like... We've said a lot of shit on this mic. What are you about to hold back? I'm just going to say I could, like, smoke a joint and, like, go and run. Or maybe, like, not smoke a joint. Smoke, like, half a joint. Not even. Maybe, like, a fourth. And then have a playlist and go run around the city. And I I see how that could be a very fun time. But then the thought of me actually physically running around the city is, like, why would I ever do that? <laughs> I got a good buzz right now off this crown. And I'll say a runner's high is still better than this buzz. I mean, yo... I wound wild, but I'm so I serious. Know. I'm willing to bet that you're correct. Um, I know how I feel after I've like power walked for a solid like three hours because I'm moving around the city. See, I ain't about that and life. I, <laughs> and I have been like power walking. I busted a sweat. I got my bags from my shopping and shit. And I come in the house like, whoo, I just did a thing. <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not trying to run. Um, yeah, we we should probably... We're done. <laughs> yeah, we're done. How do we want to close out? Any so first of all, it is... We're recording this on December 29th, y'all. Yeah. I think we're going to drop this on December 30th because we don't want to drop this on New Year's Eve. We have 939 listens right now before we recorded Ooh. this. We are 61 listens from 1,000. So please listen to this, stream it, share it with a friend, get your people on this. But big shout out to our listeners in India. Yo, big shout out to our Indian listeners. Um, not sure why y'all are here. <laughs> Tanagatri, because I feel like you're responsible for this and I appreciate well, you. I, well, how do, is it a woman? Yes, Tanagatri is Tanagatri? a woman that I was going to bring here to do an internship this summer before COVID mm. became a thing. And like, so me and her have been very close. She actually emailed me for Christmas, like Merry Christmas. Like, oh, how sweet. I, Merry Christmas to you, girl. <laughs> we keep in touch monthly, a couple times a month over Facebook and whatnot. But shout out to yeah. her because she likes, she's a big supporter of just all things that I do. She got a dope, I think it's an internship in like Norway coming up next year. Oh, awesome. Uh, Congratulations. She's like in a master's program for like sports science. Yo, so that sounds amazing. And if, whether you are the reason why 
our Indian listenership is so high or not. Shout out to you um, and shout out to y'all. We appreciate you. We really hope that you guys are learning about Black history. You know, I like wrapping up, closing this out. I've, I've talked to some French first generation Indian immigrants and their understanding of like Black history, they didn't get it and the schools don't supply them with it. And I think it's not even exclusive to Indian immigrants. I think it's for immigrants at large, don't really understand black people's plight and kind of the shit that black people have had to deal with. And yeah, it is America and yeah, there is the American dream and you bust your ass and you work and you work and you work and it, you know, you make a better life for yourself. But there are things that are legally in place to keep us down. There are things that are unwritten that might as well be written down for how conveniently and how much they're used to keep keep the fucking man's foot on our neck. And that's not even no shit, you know? That literally happened to somebody this year for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And he died. And it sparked a whole movement, a.k.a. George Floyd, if you didn't get it. Um, This is real shit. Like, the Black plight in America is real. So for all of our listeners, shout out to y'all. We appreciate you. We're doing this. We're working through it. We're trying to be better. But we want to educate. We want to help we want to just like make sure that you guys understand what's really happening in this country and what's happening and what is you know just just America and the black people that live in this country like what's going on in our relationship and we hope that you've learned a lot this is our first year but we only started recording really in august September. well we only started dropping in august yeah first episode yeah so that's where we're at we're here thank it's been a fun year i've enjoyed it yeah we're this gonna been- like get some patreon shit going hopefully I think Donald, you and I definitely should do a just relaxed episode every once in a while. I agree. Um, definitely agree. So make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast with somebody. Um, if you are listening to this point, and you're like you've been laughing and kicking it with us. Please send us an email about what you would like us to talk about. We are going to yeah. be. We're going to get this last equity episode out, but we're going to change gears after we talk about uh, some public health. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you have anything that you want us to talk about, please send us an email at theblackcodespodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, theblackcodespodcast, at theblackcodespodcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. We have not changed it yet, theblackcodes2 <laughs> on Twitter. And we're on Facebook as well. So make sure you reach out to us. Um, I want you to have a great and safe new year. I am going to go to Virginia Beach in the morning after recording this and go hide from the world, kind of, and, um, you know, kind of meditate. Do you have to stop through Baltimore? Huh? Do you have to stop through Baltimore? No, I'm not stopping through Baltimore. Oh. I was going to come to Baltimore tonight to record this, 
but Savannah has to get her hair did. And so I well, the thing is, I'm doing my own hair and I was like, oh, I can't do my own hair and try to host you at the same time. But I've been there like, am I, am I still considered company? I've been there enough. No, but I didn't want you, like, I also felt bad, like, because we don't we haven't really seen each other in person it's like i want to actually be able to engage with you and i don't want you to come here and i'm doing my hair most of the time so i felt bad but if you just feel like stopping through baltimore i don't know i'll be around i could take a break for a half hour <laughs> yeah probably maybe on the way back okay um because cool. like i'm gonna leave at eight it's like six hours so got it like eight to nine o'clock so I, my check-in's at three and i want to spend as much time on the beach, although it's supposed to rain, so, ugh. but, um, mm-hmm. I feel you. so, but yeah, thank you all for, uh, this has been awesome, Savannah, this has been so much fun, if you don't, if the friends in your life are not, you know, challenging you, and getting you to do great things with yourself, get some new fucking friends, That's um, me and Savannah have, you know, as funny as I, as I, as I think, as funny as I think it is, like, oh, I can't believe that, at this age, me and Savannah are like working together on a project. Technically, me and Savannah have been working together on projects for actually a long time, uh, dating back to college. Like we worked together for two years. Yeah. Uh, shout out to um, Black Action Society. So we actually have been doing stuff, but you know, get with people who are going to force you to grow. If if this, for sure, you know, I'm going to be that hate, an asshole and not be silent haters. Yes, and not be silent haters. Like clap for your friends. And not to be one of those tryhards about the pandemic and what people have accomplished. I had a big Facebook rant about that. But if this pandemic has taught you anything about friendships, it is that make sure you cultivate friendships that are deeper, especially for guys, than just drinking and talking shit and watching sports. Get it's what not people- special for guys. That's something that's like- And women, different. you know, don't, I'm not going to stereotype, so I'm not going to say that. But- you know, get with friends who are going to force you to grow. Don't get with people that make you gossip all the time. Don't get with people who want to just talk shit about shit all the time. Like, it's good to talk shit, but get with friends that bring the best out of you. Um, Savannah challenges me as a person and has brought me to do a podcasting thing that I had thought about, but just not done. And we did this. And this podcast is also the reason I have my other podcast because I just probably was going to sit on that shit for months. Yeah, I felt the same. I feel like, I mean, this podcast was something that I had been wanting to do for a while, but honestly, I couldn't really think of anyone else to do it with because you and I, you're naturally interested in this and you and I can have really honest conversations, <laughs> which people talk a lot about oh just keep it a buck with me oh just tell me the truth niggas don't be wanting to hear the truth at all and so (laughs) you know like like this was really important to do with someone that we can get dirty in the nitty-gritty and be able to be honest with so absolutely if 2020 taught us nothing else it's like know who's around you and you might not have had the ability to really put push anything off the ground but if in this year you have discerned who is with you and who will help you and who and not everyone has to network not everyone has to help you in that way but 
people that are going to bring pos- more positive than negative to your life is vital. And yeah, that's, I agree with you, Donald, that's a fact. Get, get some positive people, some people that are helping you in your life into 2021, at least. So with that, enjoy your new year. Uh, be safe. You know, if, if you're a goal setter, set some great process goals. If you're like, fuck it, just be like, fuck it. But we look forward to catching you in the new year on the Black Codes. So with that, we'll catch you next time. Bye.